Good morning, everyone. This morning we find ourselves in Genesis chapter 9. But as I mentioned last time, I really think that this chapter break here is probably not where I would have put it. So in order to back up to chapter 8 again, to flow into 9, Noah built an altar after he got off the ark, and he wanted to make an offering to God, uh, such thankfulness to now be off the ark. And and, and God was really pleased. Yahweh smelled the soothing aroma, and Yahweh said to himself, God begins to make a covenant. I will never again curse the ground because of man. This is verse 21 of chapter 8. So God begins to make this decision that he's never going to do it again, and he does it right after Noah gives an offering to God, and, and God smelled the offering and then makes this commitment. So when we go to chapter 9, let's flow from that offering that that Noah had made. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Now, maybe if you've been listening, that could start seem seeming redundant to you. Uh, yet I want to let you know that it is very critical, and, and very soon I'm going to be preaching more on what I call, and this is where it comes from, the grand purpose of God. And, you know, after the wickedness of mankind, the flooding of the earth, the saving of a, a righteous family, or at least more righteous than what was around him, so he saves Noah, and as soon as he gets Noah on dry ground and Noah makes this offering, he gives them the same command that he gave Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And God has always wanted a people who would be devoted to him, that would multiply his goodness, his likeness, his image on the earth. And God is still about creating that today. Verse 2, And the fear of you and the terror of you will be on every beast. It's interesting, maybe they, because they weren't eating animals, maybe the animals weren't as afraid. Obviously, they weren't when they got on the ark, but I kind of looked at that as a supernatural thing, that God helped those animals to get on the ark. But but now uh, now he, he's giving them the animals. Into your hand they are given all the animals, so now a man is going to be not just eating plants, but eating animals. Every, living, every moving thing that is alive shall be food for you. As with the green plant, I give all to you. And mankind's been given uh, that dominion to go ahead and, and eat and of all the things of the earth in this way. However, flesh with its life, that is, its blood, you should not eat. So we're not supposed to eat things that are just like bloody. You know, they're supposed to be cooked. I mean, not not ate, eaten that way. Surely I require your life, but from every living creature I'll require it. From every man, from each man's brother, I will require the life of man. And, and then it says this. This is interesting. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. We could share a brief note on that. I listened to uh, Vernon McGee this morning, and he talked about capital punishment and that he believes that God endorsed capital punishment here. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. And, and Vernon McGee made the case that, you know, the reason for capital punishment is not to take life, but to save life. And that if in our world today, if you knew your life could be taken when you took someone else's life, there'd be a lot less murder 
because of the consequences of doing so. So the idea of God is to preserve the preciousness of his creation and his care for man. And uh, uh, it's an interesting point um, about capital punishment. But let's go on. Why, why, why is God making that, that stern warning? Listen, don't take man's blood. Don't take man's life because you could lose your own. Why? Look at what he says in verse 6. For in the image of God he made man. As for you, be fruitful and multiply. Swarm on the earth and multiply it. Oh, child of God, I just think this is so important. He wants us to reflect his image. He made us to be more like him. And he, over and over, is desiring that we would be fruitful and multiply. That's not only through offspring, but through our investment into one another, that we would be Jesus' disciples now, that we would seek to make more, that we would be a, a reflection of who Jesus is on the, this earth. Take on his attributes, be his pupil, his learner, his disciple, and that we would then invest our lives into other people, and that we would spread more of Christ's likeness in this world. Then God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him, saying, As for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you, <clears throat> excuse me, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you, of all that comes out of the ark, even every beast of the earth. Indeed, I establish my covenant with you, and all flesh shall never again be cut off by the water of the flood, and there shall never again be a flood to destroy the earth. Then God said, This is my sign of the covenant which I am giving to be between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all successive generations. I put my bow in the cloud, and it shall be my sign for a covenant between me and the earth. And it will be when I bring the, a cloud over the earth that the bow will be seen in the cloud. And I... God is saying, I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And never again shall the water become a flood to destroy all flesh. Very interesting. So one of the things I want you to see is that uh, back in verse 10, it says, of all that comes out of the ark. We, we are literally just getting off the ark here. Noah has making his offering to God, and God is making this covenant. And one of the things you'll see throughout Scripture is that when God wants to make a covenant, nearly every single time there's going to be an offering, an offering of the life of an animal, which is going to be a a, a, a marking, a sign of that covenant. And here Noah made the offering, God made a covenant, and God has said, I'm never going to flood the earth again. You know, we have grown up, you know, seeing rainbows as, as we've grown up and enjoying them. And we have not lived under the fear of God flooding the earth. But imagine Noah without this sign. He had just seen everything get flooded and everything die. And now as soon as he gets off the ark, God is telling him, when you see this rainbow, that's going to remind me that I'm not going to flood the earth again. I would imagine at first when you would see the rain clouds and say it's like just raining really, really hard, the, a fear could come over Noah and his family like about the flood because they had just seen everything die. 
but God gave them the sign to remind them and that this isn't going to happen again. And I think that was probably very helpful and needed at that time in Noah and his family's life to know that God was not going to do that again. And what a beautiful thing it is, uh, the rainbow. Um, you know, it, sometimes it's a little bit unclear to me, but it, it appears that the weather, the way that we have it today, and the weather from this point on in Noah's life was different than before the flood. And it's possible that, you know, this sign came about through storm clouds like we have now and through the sun, you know, coming through the clouds at times to create that rainbow. And because they did not have weather like that, that's the way it appears to me that God uh, watered the earth differently before the flood, that the, 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 the earth was different. And that's one of the reasons why the ages of people was so different. Well, now after we get out of that era and we have the flood and now we have storm clouds that arguably didn't exist before Noah's day, now you get the rainbow that comes with the storm clouds, which then also is this sign. So interesting to think all about those things. Now, sadly, uh, we have the ongoing life of Noah, and we hear that about his sons. Um, and we see right away just man's tendency to get involved in sin. Now, the sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these the whole earth was scattered abroad. Then Noah began to be a man of the land and planted a vineyard. And, you know, <laughs> to give Noah grace, is it possible that, you know, he didn't really, wasn't that experienced with, with alcohol or making wine? Um I don't know. It, you know, he was an old guy, so he had to learn a lot through his life. But it says in verse 20, he began to be a man of the land. So maybe he, prior to that, he didn't really know how to make wine and didn't know how it was going to make him feel. But anyways, and he drank of the wine and became drunk and uncovered or naked himself inside his tent. Then Ham and the father of Canaan saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. And as we'll see, that was looked at unfavorably, that he went and told his brothers. He could have not said anything. He could have maybe just covered his father and just kept it quiet to hide his father's shame. But right away, he went and told his brothers. But Shem and Japheth took the garment and laid it upon their shoulders and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father and their faces were turned backwards, so they did not see their father's nakedness. So that's interesting. So Shem and Japheth kind of handled this situation honorably. And as we'll see, Cana, Canaan was cursed as a result of what he did. And the family line of Shem is now going to be the, the line that goes all the way to Jesus and the line that's blessed because of his good behavior and how he handled his father's nakedness. So Noah lived 350 years after the flood. So all of the days of Noah were 950 years and he died. So there's the story of Noah. I think the thing to remember is that Noah, God had a mission. And when Noah got off that ark, he restated that mission to Noah's family. And uh, 
I think that mission is going to be significant, is significant for us, and we'll talk more about that in the days to come. Uh, God bless you all. Let's keep learning and growing in God and Jesus Christ, our Lord.